from the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and we are on the line today with Mike Ma, team member. Mike, it is great to chat with you again. It's been, what, October? I know. Feels like the season just really flew by us, didn't it? It did. I mean, we were just getting into the season, and now it's totally winding down in a lot of areas. I know, I know. I just, um, I, I taught my last uh, lesson this past weekend at my home resort at Mount Snow and it, I get a little of a clamp. I get a little sad. I, I take a, we have a mirror uh, on the way out before you see guests called, you know, it has a mirror it says you're about to go on stage. Is your costume on? Is your smile on? And it, I always think about it. And I took my last picture of it uh, on the way out and it, I get a little choked up talking about it. Yeah. But it, it flew by. I mean, I still, we still have a, I had a whole nother month left on snow, but, um, you know, the bread and butter of teaching for me is, is wrapped up and that's always, you know, happy and sad and all the emotions in one big ball. Well, we were going to really focus on some goals that you have as a team member this season, but as we were talking before we started recording, this has kind of been the Wendigo season for you, the shapeshifter. Explain yeah. that to us. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so I went into this, I mean, it's, it's ironic being on the adaptive team in that you you have to constantly adapt uh, your goals. Uh, I went into this season really uh, first first year on the team wanting to be in tip-top physical shape and, and got myself in shape. I actually ran the New York City Marathon and I even gave up drinking for a, a few months in training, which was, a, <laughs> which was tough for me. Um, I did it, but it just, uh, you know, the long story short, I, I, I suffered an injury after I got back playing soccer and I've just been riding this whole season uh, a little bit or a lot been injured. So it's, you know, having these, you know, one of the beautiful things about and painful things about having goals is, is just figuring out how you um, adapt and overcome them. So, yeah, it has been a shape shift over season, right? I had like a lot of goals and I, I had to readjust and, and, and retool what those expectations were and are um, and um, overcome and adapt. And I really like that you brought that up because how do we adapt our goals? You're really set on, I want to achieve this and you're working toward it. And, you know, all of a sudden things happen and you, you really can't work toward that one goal anymore. How do I feel like I'm not a failure? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to make this sound a lot easier than it was because it, it wasn't a, like, I, I think. Um, so the first thing I had to do was just, manage pain right so the, the first thing was just trying to get through um pain and, and i was fortunate to have um a really great um orthopedic surgeon here um, in the new york new jersey area helped me uh, both clear me before my first long week um at ski spectacular in december and made sure my rehab was set and then when things didn't progress he he really coached me through that and and um well, it helped me discover I have a full thickness ACL tear, torn meniscus, uh, and my injury, which I thought was what caused my pain, was an MCL sprain. I also had, uh, but he said it was at least my problem. So, so he helped me order that. So, I think number one is just working through pain and making sure you're um, in a place to actually start thinking about that. Um, after that, the second thing I started thinking through is, okay, well, like, look, I'm on the adaptive team. <laughs> If anyone can figure out how to make maneuvers, assuming I can manage the pain uh, and adjust it, it, it ought to be me. So um, believe it or not, I went through a lot of the same fundamentals and, and, and went through my own um, 
adaptive hypothesis so, and thought through, okay, it's, it's my lead knee that's weak. What sort of compensatory movements can I make in my body to affect the same outcomes in the board? You know, what tactical decisions do I have to make, um, you know, in my riding profile and, and things I choose to do and not do? Um, and then how do I come up with creative and in, in innovative solutions and in, in trying to um, combine those two together? I think that's the, the, the mental game. Um, the physical game was actually practicing those. And, and, you know, I did not ride well, <laughs> like the first month uh, making these movements. I was late and you know, wasn't doing what I wanted. Uh, we can dive into it more and nerd about it more um, technically, if you'd like. Uh, later. Um, and then the last part is, is uh, the emotional part uh, of it and, and just trying to find, you know, there's a lot of meditation. <laughs> there's a lot of, um, you know, coming to, to grips of like thinking about what defined success is. And that's work you, you do between your ears and between your breaths. Um, uh, I wish that I, I, I can't say I have it all solved. Unfortunately, I feel like I feel like I finally have most of it cracked. Unfortunately, it's March 29th. <laughs> I got a month left, but, but, um, you know, I'm taking it for what it is. And, and, and it's been, it's, uh, I, I believe it's made me, um, uh, I think it's made me a stronger rider, but more importantly, I think it's made me, I, I hope it makes me a stronger teacher, um, and a stronger, uh, clinician. Um, I talk a lot about empathy, um, and boy, this year really, you get turbo thrust into empathy for the people who are struggling um, um, far worse um, than I have. But it's been it's been um, it's been, I think, a very overall positive experience to try and walk that same path. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because, I mean, I've been through a couple of really horrific crashes and yes, you have come back. It's scary. And it that empathy part of being able to really identify with someone who's getting on a snowboard or skis for the first time and that fear that they're feeling to be able to go there and and really deal with them at that level i think made me a much better teacher yeah i i and i would love to hear you know your first time back on a bike and and what you went through but you know um my i remember my first run through the trees this year which luckily didn't happen. Well, luckily or unluckily, it didn't happen that often because we didn't have that much snow here in Southern Vermont. But um, yeah, I was a little gripped. I'm not going to lie. Like I, you know, it's like, gosh, if I hurt my knee again, I'm not going to be able to teach or clinic or, or snowboard the rest. And it takes, I don't have any other solve uh, other than just to be slow and go with good friends and, and let them know what you're going through um, when you go through that. Um, I have no other way to, to get through that. And then it's like, we talk about just a really slow progression physically, intellectually, emotionally to, to, to step yourself back into those situations. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, the training staff and, and my colleagues at Mount Snow who, who are aware of that Toby Burroughs is, uh, the training director and it really was, um, kept an eye out for me, um, and, and kind of like watch my watch uh, my movement analysis and then kind of like gave me some feedback here and there about how that progress was happening. So, um, yeah. How did you do it? Like, what was your experience like? Oh no, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> oh, come on, man. I was going to try and get one in. Okay. That's fair. 
People want to hear time. you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I will. I, I was terrified my first time back on skis. And I was terrified when I had to start the second or the third time there. I mean, it was really scary. And uh, I still get gripped every now and then. I won't go into trees because I don't want to end up like I was uh, the last time. And um, there's a... Uh, that's that's a big one that has really held me back from pursuing some, uh, you know, beyond level three where I, I just I can't go into big icy bumps and ski them the way they need to be skied. I will not go into trees. Um, I don't want to be in a wheelchair again yep. um, or completely unable to move, which was for a while. Um, but slowly work back i've made very small incremental goals along the way and it's been fun to start getting a full movement pattern back in my legs that i can actually make some turns that i've felt happy with yeah yeah you know it's funny when you talk about this as we share our stories it makes me one of the it's one of the things that makes me happiest about being part of the, the psia asi family is that um they've been an incredible resource across all oh, those yeah. things. Like one, um, just kind of holding me accountable being part of the friendship and community and, and holding your, your, your heart together and your hands together, uh, to make sure you can make it through it. Um, but also, um, it's been a wealth of knowledge for me, um, uh, and, and tapping into the resource. Um, so for instance, even I, um, one of the big things that I looked at this year, uh, the snowboard team has put together these awesome talks on the fundamentals. And if you haven't, you know, um, checked them out, they're, they're great. I use them. They were useful for me. I mean, they, they did a talk about the fundamental of, of twist, the rotation, flexion, and extension. And for me, I've always primarily used twist as independent flexion extension of the ankles. And I, that's kind of my riding style and, and using the knees to follow well with a knee injury, it's not so awesome. So, uh, they had this really great concept about just talking about rotation of, of the hips as a way to induce, um, twist. And I have always thought about that as a secondary move, um, an alignment move to enable flexion extension, but, because I'm broken this season, listening to their talk, I was like, oh, I can actually use this myself. And I have as a primary movement to induce it. So point two in this long yarn is I'm very thankful for this community because they're just a wealth of knowledge to help me through this injury. And, and there's just a massive amount of resources to, to do that. Um, so I just, I, I'm just really thankful to be part of the community because I don't think I would have had as much fun in the season that I did, despite all this, if, if I weren't part of that family. And I, I think it's just a shout to, to what makes this, this little community we have so awesome um, and such a wealth of resources for, well, when things don't go exactly how we planned. <laughs> There's a lot of people and a lot of knowledge um, out there. I think the third thing, too, I, would, I posted uh, my uh, radiology diagnosis on Facebook. I'm just kind of curious about what there's just a wealth of not, first of all, there's a lot of broken people who have the same thing as me with the, there's misery loves company, but there's just a wealth of information medically about how to do it. And I felt so supportive from the community. So 
just a shout and, and a lot of warm fuzzies about being part of this community. How do you feel that you most grew as a teacher through this? I think it's just the empathy thing. Go back. Right. To like, yep. I mean, and I hate to be a broken record, but it's, I mean, there's an old joke, right? Like comedy is stuff that happens to other people. Tragedy is when the same stuff, but it just happens to you. Right. And it's one thing to read about like a diagnosis on a page or something like this. And, and, or you read about some, but then you have to work through your own stuff. It just, I don't know. There's no, there's no substitute for understanding that arc. And, 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 and let's, and let's keep it real. My arc is incredibly small compared to some of the, the athletes I have the privilege of working with or, people have gone through far bigger things that keep them off snow or, 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 or worse. Um, so, um, but just when I say just like walking along the same path, um, it just, it makes me much more in tune and aware. Um, and, and, um, respondent and sensitive to, to what they're going through. And I try to honor that with as much knowledge and care as I can. How has it changed you as a clinician? I think I'm much more patient. And, um, you know, it's funny, one of my clinics, we were, we were talking a lot about this, about the four types of fun. And um, I had people kind of verbally draw where the emphasis that they thought, if they analyzed their last clinics or last lessons they gave, um, people fun, hard fun, serious fun, um, and easy fun, where would you kind of like put the heat map of what and we do? People described the lesson and they, 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 they skewed really towards, um, um, hard fun. It was the analysis. And we just asked like, what do guests probably want? We just talked about the guests and their stories and we just did a, a heat map. And it was really more about like, I think we, we kind of, it was like people fun and easy fun. Right. And so the bridge of all this is, um, is really having patience, um, both patience for what achievement means, um, with regard to what our guests want and, and really tuning into really thinking about what it means to be a student centered model. And then also having a lot of patience, um, and, and sympathy for, for this long path that many of, um, you know, many of our members are on as they approach certification or tryouts or, or even if it's not just like job advancement, um, there's a lot of spring brings a lot of successes and, 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 um, failures. Um, so it's changed my, um, view of just trying to make me more patient, um, because, uh, I've had to make it myself. And, and I think it's going to make me, I think I feel it's made me a, a better clinician. Um, it's made me a better um, uh, resource and celebrant when, when people have success. And I think it's made me, I hope a better, you know, shoulder to cry on and, and at a girl person when, you know, things don't go the way people wanted to at the beginning of a, of a process, whatever that was. So um, I think it just made me more patient and, and um, I'm really thankful for that asset. 
anything you'd like to say to the membership in conclusion? Yeah. Um, yeah, goals are great. I mean, the beautiful things about goals uh, is that, uh, you know, you, you know, that they can be changed and goals are, are relative. You know, the, um, my day job boss used to say to me, like, structure sets you free. Right. Like that, that, that you have a goal. It actually gives you this great degree of freedom to start adjusting them. And, you know, goals are great and aspirational as long as they move you in the right direction. It's really more about journeys. I've said this to a number of people as part of this, like journeys, journeys, man, not destinations. And and that's the beautiful thing about goals. Um, You know, just like you can have a great, you know, road trip and you think you're going to end up one place and you can take a right turn and, come to the most beautiful Vista or the best tacos you ever came to. Like, I think that's one of the things that um, this little experience has, has taught me and, and um, has, has made me really uh, more philosophical about, about what goals mean and, and how goals can be a real asset. Even if you don't like hit the one that you wrote down, um, makes you a better person, better rider, better clinician, and hopefully has builds a, a broader fuller definition of fun and sliding on snow and working with your friends. Mike, it is always a pleasure chatting with you. Look forward to uh, more of these, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us on First Chair. Anytime. It's a pleasure, George. From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.